Good evening, folks, and welcome back on this Saturday, the first day of April, 2023. I'm your host, Mark Hall, and let's admit right up front, there's nothing funny about April Fools this year, even though there are a whole bunch of them, trying to get you to believe that they're not psychopaths, just idiots. In other words, people look at the regime and they see a bunch of incompetence whose only qualification for any kind of high office is their sexual preference or what they did to get themselves there. But maybe that's redundant. Yeah, this week we had more of the usual train wrecks and barges hitting bridges and spilling all kinds of poisons into waterways that are already pretty well contaminated by previous acts of treason that go way, way beyond mere idiocy and incompetence. The southern border invasion continues, and now it's openly acknowledged to include CCP troops in addition to the drug gangs. The swamp critters are still poking the bear and trying to get World War III to go nuclear, while the fiat-based banking system continues its own slow-motion train wreck and meltdown. But all of that's almost old news at this point. Yeah, it's still deadly, but in a world gone utterly insane, other things have taken center stage. And if there's a one-word summary this week, it's weaponization. Pick something, folks. It was once called a bedrock institution upon which a constitutional republic could be built. Once, long ago, it was faith in God and the rule of law. Today, though, it's clear the focus of intended destruction has shifted. Whether it's education or the just-us system or even just sanity itself, when the intent is obviously total destruction of society, it's been weaponized. Now, sometimes, as you may have noticed, I think a decent way to summarize what's going on is chronologically, beginning earlier in the week and working our way through. But this week, as we'll see, things really are quite a bit different. There is obviously no more rule of law, but what's really clear of late, especially if you look at places like the cesspool that is New York City, is that the legal system, such as it has become, is no longer even a joke, a farce, a circus, a tool for political control. It is nothing but a weapon. And I'm sure by now you've probably heard it, because the chortling can be heard all over the left coast, both left coasts, President Donald Trump has been indicted by that Sixth Circus calling itself a grand jury and run by a Soros-appointed DA, Alvin Bragg, in New York City. The first former president in history to face criminal charges. <laughs> in spite of the fact that there have been all kinds of real criminals that certainly deserved it, but wait a minute, depends on which team you're on now, doesn't it? This one's been a hot topic for weeks, and just about the time most people figured no way would anybody be stupid enough to actually do this, well... There you go. And how bad is it? Well, even the left, the honest ones anyway, both of them, are admitting this is nothing but a weaponized justice system. It's political persecution. It's election interference. But we're used to that, right? They've gotten away with it. They've proven that they can steal an election. Why not rig one right up front and in your face in advance? And if they keep poking the American bear, too, well, just maybe they'll eventually be able to get that civil war they've been chosen for for so long. So I guess the most succinct summary I've seen of this came from Admiral Akbar in the original Star Wars. It's a trap! Now, before I go back and look at some of the most important and therefore most overlooked stories, or at least most lied about stories of the week, I do want to mention this warning from Hal Turner's radio show and Russia, which, according to the deputy Russian foreign minister, Sergei Ryabakov, told Russian news agencies that Moscow has now halted all information exchanges with the swamp. Washington and those pretending to be the government thereof, something that came from the last remaining nuclear arms pact, 
by suspending its participation and essentially saying, from here on out, we're not even going to bother to tell you slime when we're going to do test launches and similar kind of things. That means if there's a mistake and it ends up with what you've been chosen for, you brought it on yourself. Says the story, along with the data about the current state of the country's nuclear forces routinely released every six months in compliance with that earlier treaty, the parties have also exchanged advance warnings about various test launches. Such notices have, as you might suspect, been an essential element of strategic stability for decades, up until the current regime anyway said, the hell with you and the horse you rode in on, come on, hit us, we double-dog dare you. Formerly, at least, such notices allowed Russia and the United States to correctly interpret each other's moves and make sure that neither of them engaged in the ultimately fatal move of mistaking a test launch for an actual missile attack. And honestly, folks, given the level of idiocy and the fact that they've weaponized just about everything anywhere else anyway, I can't say I blame them. So on then to some of the other most important events of the week. Time for news of the future, the very, very near future, because we're almost there, April 1st, 2023, in honor of the Day of Rage or Vengeance from the transgender transvestite perversion community. The Biden regime announced today that the celebration will become even more inclusive in the name of social justice. Because it's obviously not fair that just one mental illness should get the preferential treatment they so richly deserve. Things like minority status, special hiring treatment, and oh yeah, drag time story hour in the public cesspools. We need to expand that as well. The Ministry of Reindoctrination, or uh, Truth, uh, no, the Department of Education, in response to another executive order from our fearless leader, the Biden Fuhrer, has announced a special program to expand support for public libraries not only having drag time story hour and obviously transgender transvestite story hour, but BDSM story hour now, so kids of all ages can learn about all their kinks and get them in one place in addition to the public schools. And for those of you poor elderly citizens who missed out on first-grade wokeness and haven't yet been to the Clinton Memorial Reeducation Camps, BDSM stands for Bondage, Discipline, and Sadomasochism, which is essentially a requirement if you want a cabinet position nowadays. But this new executive order goes far beyond the level of inclusiveness that Americans have gotten used to lately. Whereas it begins, the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, a.k.a. DSM of Mental Disorders, a publication by the American Psychiatrics Association, used by clinicians and researchers to diagnose and classify mental disorders, saw fit several years ago to remove gender dysphoria from its list of mental illnesses. And it's just not fair that psychopaths and sociopaths are discriminated against and thus don't get the chance to have their psychotime story hour in the public schools. Why, can you believe this? Some are even locked up for doing things that, well, we now subsidize in the public schools. I, Joseph Robinette Biden, by the power vested in me by the deep state and those who overturned the 2020 election, do hereby declare that henceforth, calling anything that various people who vote Democrat enjoy doing, especially the little kids, a perversion or anything else that implies their sexual preferences, whatever they may be, aren't just as good as yours makes you a pervophobe and thus guilty of a felony of domestic violent extremism. And yes, just know we're already coming for your guns. That is, after all, what red flag laws are for, and we got your flag. But more importantly, I declare that the only mental illness officially recognized by the U.S. government and the new APA manual, due to be published April 19th and designated DSM-666, will so state, is MAGAosis. 
A mental illness clearly associated with the crime of resisting the progressive agenda. And anything that anybody anywhere wants to do to you or your children or anybody else, we say, sexually or, for that matter, in any other way that gets our jollies. And like we have done with other violent felons, child molesters, rapists, looters, and people who torture cats and puppy dogs, all of whom have been the victims of unjustified bigotry and hatred, which means they have been discriminated against and even labeled with derogatory terms like sociopath or psychopath. And we as a nation have now evolved beyond that. I am officially pardoning all sociopaths, psychopaths, and violent crusaders for communism and social justice. And while we're at it, anybody else that Attorney General Merrick Garland tells me to. And while all this is good and very progressive, it's simply not enough. I think we can all agree that just having Psycho Time Story Hour in the public libraries, like the groundbreaking Drag Time Story Hours that preceded it, and teaching first graders that it's more than normal to want to hurt people during the sexual act, whatever that might mean to you, because you're not a bigot now, are you? Much less a pervophobe is only the beginning. I've launched an official presidential commission to study reparations for all of those who have been harmed, those victims of white Christian sexism and racism and any other isms we come up with later, by outdated Puritan regressive biblical morality. Why, the horror of what these poor people have endured in the way of discrimination by being labeled with perjurative terms like sexual predator or axe-murdering psychopath. That ends today. And just as Tran is rightfully protesting against the genocide of denying people their right, or denying us the right to do it to them, to be transgendered before they reach puberty, by the horrible crime of denying them access to life-saving surgery, to remove unwanted breasts and penises, or just as horribly, to deny them access to puberty blockers, personality-modifying drugs, and violence-inducing hormone injections. Know this, you right-wing pervophobes. This administration will not rest until every day is a day of vengeance. My fellow Americans, <laughs> today we have taken the next inevitable step towards the new world order where everything that the racist, perbophobes, and bigots once labeled perversion is loved and welcomed. Because love is love. And by the way, you'll be pleased to know it's not just the possession of guns that we're now making illegal. That is, of course, if you're not a member of the preferred protected class. Bibles, too, are on the prohibited list. And anybody caught with one after the mandated surrender date of October the 31st will be punished to the full extent of the law. And now you know what all those concentration camps are for. But some of you may not know that there are other things that that heretical book claims are an abomination to that God we haven't allowed in the public schools for quite some time now, much less the White House. But my advisors tell me, can you believe this? It actually prohibited people loving animals. Why, if there's one thing you know this administration stands for, it's love is love. Love in any form and expressed in any way that whoever wants to do it to you decides to is just fine. How dare these racist, bigoted, anti-puppy love people discriminate? Cisgendered people are so narrow-minded. Why, imagine somebody trying to tell me that Major isn't not only my best friend, but <laughs> even a lot more. Because remember, love is love. Did I say that already? Oh, well, it's here on the teleprompter. But that is why the Department of Education is now going to mandate puppy love story hour in the public schools, too. And the Department of Education is ordering school counselors nationwide to add lobotomies to the list of federally subsidized surgery support. I mean, after all, it would be unfair to allow kids to choose to cut off their breasts and penises, but not to be allowed to cut out part of their brain, because we're teaching them not to use it anyway. Oh, and that reminds me, why not let them cut out their pituitary gland, too? 
But if they decide that their sexuality should include the perfectly normal desire to harm others, I mean, after all, where do we expect to get the next generation of progressive politicians from otherwise? We need to encourage all of that. So I am ordering the Department of Health and Human Services in conjunction with the Ministry of Education and in the same spirit of public progressive indoctrination that has now seen us proudly re-educate more than one entire generation to mandate that school counselors now provide access to children in grades 1 through 12 of not only psychedelics and all the sex-enhancing drugs that they're already oh so familiar with, but access to free and public-funded psychopathy-inducing drugs as well. My fellow Americans, today your president has proudly decreed an end to all mental illnesses, and that includes senility, by the way, that don't inhibit the ability of people to choose and pull that lever there in the voting booth on the left. <laughs> the far, far left. Now, folks, I know what you're thinking. At least I know what I hope you're thinking. Oh, really, Mark, isn't that just a bit over the top? Do we really believe that the regime is next going to change the very definition of mental illness? Would they actually come right out and release felons on the street? Would they let psychopaths go and continue their rage and their crimes against humanity? I'm just going to let that sit there for a second and ask you the question, are you blind? Have you not seen what's been going on? Isn't it obvious that since that's what they're already doing and the path is ever so clear, where's the next logical step? Where does it end? It ends, folks, with a place that we've already reached, where literally everything in society that would have once been called sane, normal, not perverted, has been turned on its head. Why, you could even say the Bible had it, right? They would replace bitter for sweet, calling evil good and good evil. We're beyond that now. They're calling perversion normal and mandating that school kids have the option to choose, before they even know what their sexual organs are for, to cut them off, to twist them, to turn them into deranged things, to adopt various kinds of things that, at least when we had a Bible, it called perversion and abomination, and instead say that they're normal. Because, yeah, we've been hearing this, love is love. And the Bible comes right out and says it. That if something is enough of an abomination, that the creator of the universe himself declares a death penalty for it, they're going to declare the exact opposite. They're going to subsidize it. They're going to mandate it. They're going to teach it to your children. And oh yeah, they're going to have pride in doing it. Notice that I suggest that this is only about two days in the future, because we are already so close to it that honestly, folks, if you can't see it, I guess you probably better just turn the dial and then watch for it in the New York Times and WAPO. Because it'll be there, if it's not already, before you know what hits you. And that, of course, is the point. Or at least part of it. Because the effects, what we're seeing already, are only just beginning. But if you think it's bad now, well, I guess I've already suggested, just wait. Look back to not that many years ago to things that would have once been unthinkable, literally being taught and normalized in the public cesspools. Male homosexuality and sodomy? Really? That's passé. Grade school kids are being taught about fisting. BDSM? They're cutting themselves and deciding, what the heck? While I'm at it, why don't I just cut off my breasts and genitalia as well? Because my school counselor is telling me to. And if my parents don't like it, Big Brother and Merrick Garland will show them who's boss. And if all else fails, hell, California will extradite me and pay for my surgery. And if I learn how to commit suicide, well, that's part of the curriculum now, too. They're teaching things to kids that would have once been rightfully called perversion, abomination, disgusting, twisted. Well, words that are no longer applied, unless, of course, you want to be labeled. First, a homophobe, a misogynist, a transphobe, and, yeah, pretty soon, I think we're going to see this sooner rather than later, a pervophobe. But wait a minute. The very term pervophobe actually implies 
well, it did anyway, that there was something wrong with perversion. What was once called perversion anyway. And now that there's something wrong with anybody who's afraid of what they clearly intend to do to you and your kids and your world. Huh. No wonder George Orwell, in his prescient book, 1984, realized that they needed to completely rewrite the language. That was what Newspeak was all about. The idea, and we're seeing it implemented, of Big Brother being able to prevent people from even having the words in their brain to form the thoughts that are politically incorrect. I guess you could call it wokeism or wokeness on uh, hormone-blocking steroids. I've literally said for months, if not years at this point, that what we're seeing, folks, is a society literally going insane. And guess what? Take a look at the flag flying somewhere in a uh, perverted but politically correct venue near you. It's a rainbow. And yeah, they've even perverted God symbol having to do with judgment too. And yeah, they're proud of it. And I find myself turning again to uh, at least what once was a famous quote from Thomas Jefferson, who wrote, Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just that his justice cannot sleep forever. And the irony, folks, he was talking about slavery, the kind of slavery that, I guess in hindsight, pales in comparison to what Big Brother is subjecting his slaves to today. Yes, it's true that slaves at the turn of the 19th century, by and large, weren't allowed to own firearms. Neither, of course, are modern American slaves. But ponder this and the contrast. Your basic southern plantation slave owner knew better than to castrate his male slaves. Or give his female slaves drugs to destroy their fertility along with their immune systems. I guess you'd have to admit, it's clear the average southern plantation slave owner valued his slaves a lot more than Big Brother cares for his today. Because the one thing Big Brother is making abundantly clear is he doesn't want any of them to breed. I'll say it again. There's a message here, folks. It's never been writ more clearly, and it's never been more abundantly urgent that people wake up and realize how far gone things already really truly are. Well, folks, I recorded that a couple of days ago, before we actually got to April 1st. But what happened Thursday afternoon, I think, really brought it home. Courtesy of the Gateway Pundit, the version I'm looking at here, but they just printed the proclamation from the Biden Fuhrer himself, Mr. Perversion writ large. And after all, if you can be senile and still get installed as a fake president, what kind of mental illness can't be normalized next? Biden came out with his statement proposing and mandating the Transgender Day of Visibility. Now, isn't it funny? They took the uh, Day of Vengeance and said, even though Americans have been dumbed down, they may not quite be ready for what we've got planned for them as of now, but it's been called the Day of Visibility Proclamation. And true to form, it's not only filled with incredible in-your-face, are you stupid enough to believe this lies, but omissions, too. So he mentions the gay Colorado nightclub mass shooting, but ignores... The shooting by the transgender perv at the Nashville Christian School in the gun-free killing zone. Well, it was at least gun-free until the cops showed up. So how many can they kill while it's gun-free? Uh, I'm not going to read this thing because, honestly, what I've already talked about pretty well encapsulates it. But I am going to make a point or two. Biden's proclamation says the Transgender Day of Visibility celebrates the joy. Celebrates. Yeah, we're going to celebrate perversion. How's that? The joy, strength, and absolute courage of some of the bravest people I know. Come on, you lying sack of manure. You want to see bravery, folks? Walk down the street in Manhattan with a MAGA hat on. Walk into your workplace in San Francisco or most of the left coast and say that I actually didn't vote for the Biden Fuhrer, even if it's true. There's courage. Any of you willing to stand up and say no to perversion masquerading as political correctness? That's courage. 
Every American deserves that freedom. No, again, not freedom of speech, assembly, worship, to keep and bear arms, or even to say, no, your kid's being molested by so-called educators in the public cesspools. That's okay. We're going to subsidize that. We'll even have Merrick Garland make sure that if you dare to worship the God of the Bible, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, every American deserves that freedom, says the proclamation, not the freedom to worship. Certainly not to protect your kids from what they're pushing on every front. Here's my point again. Can we not look and see what's happening and realize, wow, we have gone so far, so far over the top, that it's not just evil being called good, it's insane being called normal. Being normalized. While everything else, the system that was once called justice, is now just us, and it's being weaponized against the rest of you. Let me read some more of this absolutely asinine proclamation from the pit of hell. Transgender Americans, said the Biden Fuhrer, shape our nation's soul. Now, you know what? As I reread that, I think, sadly and satanically, that's true. Every child deserves a chance to be safe in supportive schools, to live openly and honestly, you know, as the pervert that we want to turn you into, even before you know what your genitalia is for. Well, we're going to teach you how to do fisting and other things that the Bible says are abomination, and then maybe we'll get you to cut off your breasts and penis, and that we'll inject you with drugs, too. And if your parents don't like it, well, California can extradite you. Here's more from the Biden Fuhrer. A wave of discriminatory state laws is targeting transgender youth, terrifying families, hurting kids who are not hurting anyone. Why? All they want to do is take their puberty blockers and ultimately even commit suicide. Because the real point is they're never going to be able to raise more kids because this is genocide. This is the last generation. They're not hurting anyone. The wave of discriminatory state laws he's talking about are things that might prohibit the perverts that they're putting into the school boards from saying, oh, yeah, we got kids here that actually want to grow up to be productive adults. We don't want that. We want them dead. And if we can't make them dead, at least we can make them sterile and make sure they never reproduce. Terrifying families. Well, he's right, but the families are terrified that their kids will be taken away from them. How's this for courage if they dare to stand up against the evil that's being called good? And he goes on to talk about the painful Club Q shooting in Colorado, another example of the kind of violence that we so hate, a stain on the conscience of our nation, and notably, silence, no mention of the latest transgender mass murder in the Nashville gun-free killing zone. Now, here's the part where I really wanted to spend a minute, because as I pointed out in the first segment that I did about how insanity is now being called sane, and if you're not insane, what they're going to do is they're going to silence you, and eventually... You know it. The intent is to take your kids and kill you. And let's just not mince words about it anymore. What I want to do is go through this one paragraph here. Take out the word transgender from this paragraph and insert or replace it with, well, I got several choices here. How about sociopath or maybe just unhinged or even insane? Let me just read it, and I'll put insane in here because it's simpler and easier. My administration, said the regime head, well, no, the puppet, has fought to end these injustices from day one, working to ensure that insane people and the entire insane community can live openly and safely. On my first day as a fake president, I signed the executive order I was given. Aktung, directing the federal government to root out discrimination against insane people and their families. We have appointed a record number of openly insane leaders. And guess what, folks? That score, he's right. 
You name it, if it's a pervert, if you just slept your way up, you can be VP. Don't forget the so-called transgender high-visibility fake admiral who was born with a penis but claims to be the first transgender woman. There's that cross-dressing luggage stealer. The gay transportation secretary is not fit to drive an Uber. So they got where they are, not by virtue of their ability, but their public perversion and sexual proclivities. And, of course, let's not forget the senile hair sniffer-in-chief himself. Over and over again, what we're seeing is the idea of capability, of intelligence, of suitability for government service, at least the kind of government that we once had, that has been replaced with political correctness and outright perversion as being the only qualification to rule over you. And if you don't like it, yeah, you're the one that they're going to call insane. And by the way, what are red flag laws for? Well, if they call you insane, guess what they do next? They're going to come, knock you on your door in the middle of the night, take your firearms because you insane people can't be trusted. You might want your kids not to be sacrificed to Molech. Or who knows, is it Gaia, climate change, or the great god, science? We'll be right back after this. Welcome back now to the second segment for this evening. This is your host, Mark Call, and let's pick it up where we left off, even though this is pretty much a story we've heard before, ad nauseum. Yeah, we're all sick of it, but I guess it makes a point, something we'd better be paying attention to, because I'll say it one more time. If there's any doubt, they're removing it. They really do want you dead. So here we go. Honestly, folks, I'm more than sick and tired of watching this idiot masquerading as president read his lines wrong and dance on the graves of those who've died as a result of their gang rape of the rule of law. But I've got to admit, if he's going to persist in doing it, we need to persist in ridiculing their ignorance, too. This was Tuesday from North Carolina. The lobes do look like it might be the body double, but they're careful not to give you too close of a look. You know, we need to act. These are weapons of war. I'm a Second Amendment guy. Guns. My sons have shotguns. And hell, Hunter's done more drugs and committed more crimes than most people who are forbidden to buy guns could dream of in a lifetime. And my criminal family will still be allowed to have guns, ha ha ha, long after all of you peons are disarmed. You know, but our states, you know, everybody thinks somehow the Second Amendment is absolute. You're not allowed to go out and own a, an automatic weapon. You're not allowed to own a machine gun. You're not allowed to own a flamethrower. You're not allowed to own so many other things. And by the time we're done with you, you slaves won't be able to own a letter opener. Why in God's name do we allow these weapons of war on our streets and at our schools? Hell, come to think of it, why do we even allow you all to speak or buy food? This isn't about guns, folks. It's about dictators and letting them keep doing to you what they've already been doing so successfully, hardy-har, and have been getting away with for so long. 
And while we're on the subject, let me make this point again. Sometimes, folks, when it comes to dealing with insanity, far and away the best approach is just plain laugh in their face and ridicule the kind of insanity that the people who are pushing it don't even seem to be able to understand. Maybe a little bit of laughter might help cut through the fog. At the very least, it might help others to see it. With that in mind, I turn to Senator Kennedy of Louisiana, who really seems to have it down pretty well himself. He grilled the disgraced Secretary of Actung Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, when he testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee on Tuesday. And if you understand what's going on, it is downright humorous. First, the invasion on the southern border. You've certainly heard this lying scumbag say it before. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Nothing to see here. Move along, move along. And that prompted this response from Senator Kennedy. Did you just parachute in from another planet, Mr. Secretary? Because you're the only person in the Milky Way who believes that we're not having massive, massive illegal immigration into America. Senator, you're you're, um, you're putting words into my mouth. No, sir, there is, I'm there accurately is, describing the situation. There is no question. There is no question that we have a very serious challenge at our southern border. Oh, yeah, and it's a challenge we've worked really hard to put in place, and we're going to make it worse, too. But uh, that's not exactly what he came out and said verbally. Okay, it let is me, a challenge. Well, is we me. can agree on that. So let's move on to the other challenge that your regime is making ever so much worse. Secretary, do you agree with the president that we should ban the private ownership of assault weapons in America? Senator, I do. What is an assault weapon? It is, for example, an AK-47. Now, this next exchange is interesting and telling. And we're going to take it slow through here, so listen carefully. And, uh, yes, it is humorous as well. That is, if you're able to put aside the evil of what they're intending to do. And the over 100 million people that were killed in the last century alone by such tyranny. And note up front, folks, that whether or not they can define a so-called assault weapon actually is immaterial, because whatever you call it, the Second Amendment, if we still had a rule of law, very clearly says they, whatever it is, shall not be infringed because the people, not Big Brother, have a right, a God-given right, no, not a Biden-given right, to keep and bear arms. That is unequivocal, undeniable, yes, unalienable. And so, even though they've been getting away with it for decades at this point, any infringement whatsoever of the God-given right is unconstitutional. But even before we had a constitution, if we don't have one now, the founders pointed out this was a right that pre-existed. And the purpose of government was, in fact, to secure these rights. Okay, back to the question here, because it does kind of help flesh all that out and show at least where this scumbag is coming from. You want to take it away. Can you at least define it? And if you can do that, you want to ban other arms, too? Uh, There uh, very well are. But no, he can't define it. He won't say it. I will. If you point it to somebody who wants to kill you or your kids or somebody you love or take away your God-given rights, pull the trigger and it goes bang. We don't want you to have it. How's that for a concise, clear definition of what they intend to take away in spite of what shall not be infringed? I guess it boils down to this. Psychopaths can't have their way with you if you have the physical ability to say no.
Outspoken and firebrand and columnist D.V. Kidd is back at it. She's done a wonderful job summarizing a lot of things that your host, as a pilot myself, has been talking about with uh, increasing interest and anger, literally, for a long time now. The mandate for so many commercial and military pilots to destroy their lives and risk the flying public as well by succumbing to the idiotic, downright damnable, and uh, certainly treasonous mandate to take the poison poke or else. Too many of them succumbed, and too many of them are dying, or are worse still, dying in flight. I'm not writing this, she said up front in this somewhat lengthy piece, to scare you, but to inform people that there's a huge danger with what's going on, and the diabolical and inexcusable action by the FAA, and I think she's soft-peddling this, folks, but hey, there you go. The diabolical action by the FAA to put every passenger and crew at risk. And arguably, even those on the ground. Certainly those working at airports or living under the approach and departure paths. And she's particularly disgusted with, and I don't blame her, what she called garbage websites like USA Today and PolitiFact because they are lying, liars for hire, when it comes to lying about the fact that there is a major problem and they're covering it up. And what she did here was collect a number of stories, a number of these your host has done over the years, but it's interesting and certainly uh, devastating to see so many of them together in one place. A mid-flight heart attack killed the pilot. After he took the COVID-1984 Zyklon B injection, November 10th, 2021, this one comes from Ty and Charlene Bollinger, who said that on October 15th of 2021, American Airlines Flight 2740 was traveling from Dallas-Fort Worth International to Fort Myers, Florida, when the unthinkable happened. Well, now it's very thinkable, folks. As the plane began its descent towards southwest Florida, the pilot in command began to convulse. He had a cardiac arrest, literally sitting there behind the control yoke. Fortunately, the aircraft at that point was still on autopilot, which gave the co-pilot time to evaluate the situation, unharness himself, and then pull the pilot from his seat to the floor where he began to administer CPR. Unfortunately, it was already too late and the pilot died, but the co-pilot returned to his seat, squawked 7700, the international transponder code for emergency, and the plane eventually landed safely. But then, listen to this, folks, and be disgusted like your host is, the co-pilot was put on administrative leave because he dared to leave his seat and try to save the pilot in command. While the plane was on autopilot, and I guess you might even argue, safer than it would have been with a dead pilot slumped over the controls which they said endangered the aircraft. Now, this is the idiocy that's writ large. Now, you damnable hypocrites. It was American Airlines management and the traitorous government in the United States that forced this stuff that is endangering the aircraft and the entire flying public. Again, if you're not angry, you simply aren't paying attention or haven't gotten the information. But we're not done yet. It was later determined that the pilot had a fatal heart attack caused by myocarditis, a well-known side effect of the Zyklon B so-called COVID-19 vaccination. He had received his second dose of the poison poke just two weeks before the fatal flight. But during his last full physical three months prior, the doctor had given him a clean bill of health. Yet another pilot fatality took place just a week later, and it too was a departure from DFW. An American Airlines Flight 971 Airbus A321 departed Dallas-Fort Worth for LAX at 8 o'clock in the morning. And midway through the flight, the co-pilot this time complained he had chest pains. But he chalked it up to having just eaten a spicy meal before the plane left DFW. He told the captain it was just indigestion. As the plane flew at flight level 320 or 32,000 feet over the New Mexico-Arizona state line, the co-pilot suddenly began to convulse and vomit right there on the flight controls. At that point, the pilot finally 
finally contacted air traffic control, requesting permission to turn around and make an emergency landing at Albuquerque, New Mexico. Now, that might be bad, but listen, folks, to what happened next. The controller contacted the traders at American Airlines, and they denied the captain's request and instead compelled him to complete the flight to LAX. Oh, yeah, guess who died en route? Well, I guess the co-pilot is a sacrificial lamb along with everybody else on the plane. And let me pause here just a second and ask the obvious question. Can you imagine why? Oh, yeah. There just might have been some uncomfortable questions that were asked by the passengers on that plane if it had to turn around and go back to Albuquerque for an emergency landing, especially as they watched a dead co-pilot being taken off the plane. In this case, the story continues. The co-pilot, in fact, died in his chair, also from acute myocarditis, and he had been given the second of the COVID-19 Zyklon B injections, Pfizer in this case, just three weeks, 21 days ahead of that fatal flight. But this story continues too. The pilot in command, allegedly at least, and here I have to interject, yep, your host has to question whether he was really exercising PIC authority or not, was put under a gag order and told not to discuss the incident with anyone under threat of, say it with me folks, losing his job. Quick personal opinion here, that scumbag is a whore, not a professional pilot. Said the source that reported it, there's a systematic effort going on right now to prevent the flying public from knowing about pilots getting very ill or even very dead in the air. The airlines just don't want to discuss it. They don't want to lose money. And the administration doesn't want the public to know about the true dangers of the Zyklon B injection they have been mandating. Let me say it again, folks. The only word to describe this level of evil is satanic. The source added, I know for a fact that Secretary of Transportation, sick, Pete Buttesgay, ordered the airlines to classify incidents involving pilot deaths. Now, what do you bet they're especially sensitive about it when it happens in flight? Here's another item, very much closer to today. March 22nd, 2023, Southwest Airlines Flight 6013 departed Las Vegas, but was forced to divert as a pilot collapsed shortly after takeoff. And by the way, folks, says Devi's article, that was the fifth pilot collapse in just the month of March over the last three weeks. Are they getting more frequent, or is it just that finally it's starting to seep out? Because maybe people are sick and tired of having pilots and co-pilots collapse and even die in flight. And yeah, I'm not trying to hide it. This really does bother me. More than bother me, this infuriates me. I take flying and the safety of my passengers seriously. And you know what, folks? Once upon a time, I could have said every single pilot, commercial, military, and private that I've ever known would have said the same thing. But obviously today, there's a whole lot of whoring going on. DV's list includes one from Dr. Peter McCulloch's Substack, a recent one at that, and it's a story he says was made for Hollywood, but has been ignored by the captured media. March 18, 2023, a young pilot's heart was damaged after she took the vax. Quote, young Sierra was continuing her upward trajectory in life, but then, in September 2021, she yielded to social pressure and the desire to travel internationally and took the COVID-19 so-called safe and effective vaccine. And as it turns out, she learned the real hard way, that was a damnable lie. Back then, her greatest passion, says the piece, were solo flying and rigorous physical fitness training. Now she can't do either. 18 hours after receiving the injection, she developed intense, unrelenting chest pains and was shortly thereafter diagnosed with, say it with me folks, myocarditis and pericarditis. Almost certainly never to fly again. But at least in her case, she's not going to kill anybody else. Testing on February the 28th of this year, says a piece courtesy of the Substack from Dr. William Makis, MD. 
at a Washington public event found a 53% rate of myocarditis, including two active-duty U.S. military pilots. Which ought to suggest something, and just maybe, he seems to imply. That explains why the story was taken down within 24 hours from WTNH News 8's website. But it's still available via the EIN press wire. From there, let's go back and do a little bit of historic review. And I remember this story. American Airlines pilot Captain Robert Snow, with 30-plus years of experience, went public almost a year ago with his story of cardiac arrest after being forced to take the Zyklon B or quit flying. And he's made it clear he certainly regrets having succumbed to that pressure. He literally collapsed just seconds after he completed a landing at Dallas-Fort Worth, avoiding what could have been a major catastrophe, as he himself noted, had he suffered convulsions on short final. But his career is now over, because the FAA, while they're more than happy to allow pilots to be forced to take the poison poke, once you come out and admit it, won't let pilots with known heart conditions, like Mr. Snow, fly anymore. Which suggests to pilots what, folks, as if it wasn't obvious. Oh, yeah, do what the FAA does. Lie about it. Hide the symptoms. And for crying out loud, don't go public. Because, come on, what's the worst that could happen? And you know what? This is the sad part. I know for some of them what the worst that could happen might be. They might be forced to quit flying. But I guess if they have to go, hey, let's do it in an aircraft full of people doing what we love, right? Josh Yoder, co-founder of U.S. Freedom Flyers, was recently interviewed by Stephen Kirsch when he suggested that the number of phone calls he's been getting from other pilots in the commercial airline industry is off the wall. They're suffering heart problems after receiving their mandated COVID Zyklon B injection, but they fear coming forward because they know darn well they'll lose their job. And your host will suggest this is the working definition of a whore. Getting their paycheck takes priority over flying safely even if there's a whole lot of people whose lives are in their hands. May 6, 2022, and I remember doing this story as well, congressional testimony from one Cody Flint, a commercial agricultural pilot with more than 10,000 hours, and that, folks, is a dangerous job, flying spray planes, credited the COVID-19 vaccine with ending his flying career. In an interview with The Defender, he said the following, The FAA has created a powder keg and lit the fuse. We're now seeing pilots experiencing blood clots, myocarditis, pericarditis, dizziness, and confusion at rates never seen before. Pilots are losing their careers and having to call in sick or go on medical leave from medical issues, developing almost immediately after vaccination. Or in some cases, your host might add, it might take two or three weeks, and then it could show up in places like traffic or, worse still, in flight. In his congressional testimony, he asked the important question, where is your rage, America? At this point, DV goes back and looks at the history of the uh, warfare against the American flying public. Southwest Airlines was one of the first to say staff must be vaccinated sick against COVID by December 8th of 2021 or else. Why? Because of federal rules and your safety be damned. October 4th, 2021, American Airlines, Alaska Airlines and JetBlue all made similar announcements. As a Southwest Airlines executive put it in their statement, screw the American public. Well, let's see. No, I paraphrase that a bit, folks. They didn't come right out and say that. They just said it figuratively. Listen. Quote, Southwest Airlines is a federal contractor, and we have no viable choice but to comply with the U.S. government mandate for employees to be vaccinated. And, like other airlines, we are taking steps to comply. Unquote. And let me say it again. Yeah, screw you, American public. We don't give a blankety-blank about your so-called safety in the air. Because if we did, we might at least tell you that we're whores. And like I said, folks, if you're not infuriated, you're not paying attention. But just to drive the point home, here's a bit more of these statistics since that um, sellout. 
Pilots are dying at a rate of six times the normal rate at Southwest Airlines, but disabilities are up ten times normal, even though the vaccines, yeah, safe and effective as they were supposed to be, claim to reduce death and not increase it. And the FAA rolled over and said, yeah, and if it does, we're not going to tell you about it either. We're going to change the numbers, ignore the adverse effects, change the medical criterion, and say the hell with our own regulations. Yeah, they've got a political agenda, and as your host has said, arguably, it seems to include mass murder. I did this story not long ago as well. The FAA has quietly indicated that U.S. pilots' hearts are being damaged, um, but they didn't really come right out and say it. What they did was they changed the specs that allowed passing an EKG on the commercial six-month first-class medical exams. But as the Gateway Pundit's coverage correctly put it, the FAA has quietly admitted that the EKGs of pilots are no longer normal. So the report's been hidden by the FAA, and they have quietly increased the standards to pass the, why even bother with it, EKG testing. Furthermore, this story from January 27th of this year, the FAA press office has responded that, quote, there will be no investigation into pilot deaths and disabilities caused by the COVID vaccines. Your host will put it this way, not for the first time. Hey, don't ask the question if you already know the answer, and especially if you want to keep people ignorant of exactly why you're not going to allow the question to be asked, and you're going to silence anybody who tries to tell you the answer anyway. No surprise either, she notes. The Pentagon and others that are guilty of not only destroying the United States military from within, but disregarding the idea of national defense, has tried to blame it on other things. As your host has noted for quite a while now, cases of medical incidents reported by military pilots have increased 700% or more during the pandemic. Pentagon, of course, blames it on COVID rather than part two of the bioweapon, the COVID Zyklon B injection. And that's really convenient if your intent is to use the symptoms to push for more of the disease. That from a story dated February 12th of this year in the Gateway Pundit, which reported that in January, DOD medical data showed military cancer diagnoses have tripled since the rollout of the uh, not vaccines, along with an observed 10 times increase in neurological disorders and a nearly 500% increase in female infertility. Of course, they probably consider that a Benny. U.S. Army Aerospace Physician Lieutenant Colonel Teresa Long continues to be one of the few in the military speaking the truth. And at least for now, she's under whistleblower protection. She said quite a while ago, correctly, I believe the COVID vaccine is a greater threat to soldiers' health and military readiness than the virus itself. Meanwhile, and this is no longer news either, airlines are continuing to report problems with a shortage of pilots. They've canceled thousands of flights over the last few months. And what else? They're blaming it on software or some other excuse rather than what they have done deliberately. And it's not just American carriers. British Airways, as we reported recently, had a pilot that died of a heart attack just before leaving to serve as pilot on an international flight just a little over a week ago, March 14th this year. And it seems to have been vaccine-induced myocarditis. And Virgin Australia is having some problems, too. Glenn Waters, former Australian pilot, was terminated after 19 years because he didn't acquiesce to the companies and the government's unlawful demands. In an interview with the Defender, he spoke up for the pilots who were coerced into taking these Zyklon B injections and injured as a result. The injured pilots are now scared of talking about their injury because they will be labeled, say it with me, anti-vaxxers and either discriminated against and or terminated. Waters said Virgin Australia is not allowing the injured pilots to speak out because, quote, the company is actively trying to terminate anyone reporting vaccine injury. And, of course, that company is not alone. But there's plenty of evil to go around in that industry. 
Likewise, the so-called larger medical community, which is hesitant to make the obvious connections between all kinds of sudden deaths and heart problems and you name it among otherwise healthy people following the Zyklon B injections, because doing so would certainly implode the entire narrative that the vaccine and all the money that they've made pushing it on people is safe and effective. And it might embarrass a whole lot of people who have killed a lot of people, too. And here, folks, I can't help but think, since the goal seems to be mass genocide anyway, you got to figure those pushing this thing would far rather people just die than ever know the truth. Mr. Waters told the Defender that there are 900 pilots from Virgin Australia that are no longer able to fly because they now suffer from medical complications post-vaccination. Quote, no doubt there are many more who are continuing to fly with troubling symptoms. Unquote. Among these, he noted, a captain who had a stroke and then went blind, another healthy captain had a sudden heart attack and fell down a set of boarding stairs. He said formerly healthy pilots are now reporting headaches, chest pains, and shortness of breath among the more minor of the symptoms, indicating something worse is probably on the way, adding, quote, I've heard about cases of tinnitus, vertigo, brain fog, including temporary blindness in some crew. Disrupted menstrual cycles, he said, are reported frequently, perhaps affecting dozens, unquote. And he said many of these issues aren't even recognized as adverse effects of the vaccine. Gee, what else is new? Even though the health issues, he noted, are coming in waves post-vaccination. Concludes D.V. Kidd, it was October of 2021 when most of the airlines in America succumbed to Big Brother's public-private partner pressure and began mandating the mandatory injections for their pilots. The hell with FAA regulations, but of course, the FAA doesn't care about their rigs either. They're all on the same team. And guess what, folks? To paraphrase George Carlin, it's a big club. You ain't in it. Neither are most of the pilots. And nowadays, it seems like they want to kill people who aren't in the club. From my research, she said, some folks die within days or weeks or even five months of taking the injection. But since the mRNA technology being injected into your cells can take four to eight months to begin destroying your immune system, and then the body develops autoimmune diseases, even those who haven't seen symptoms yet aren't out of the woods, especially if they're duped into taking one of the Zyklon B boosters. Spring, though, she concludes, is just about here. People are now making plans for summer vacations, and even later, like Thanksgiving and Christmas, thousands of Americans need to fly for their job, if they still have one, while millions have to fly to see loved ones, or for family emergencies, or whatever reasons. No doubt about it, traveling by air once was one of the safest modes of transportation ever, and the industry still provides tens of thousands of jobs. And many of those people, hopefully, still care about safety. But now, given what we know... Everyone needs to decide for themselves, she says, whether you want to get on a commercial airliner, knowing that while once your safety was of paramount concern, at least for a lot of people in regulatory and flying positions and certainly management, that's arguably no longer even remotely a primary concern. So people who know what's going on are now faced with a choice, especially if they have children they would prefer not to orphan. Unless in addition to not letting them be injected with Zyklon B or sacrificed on the altar of perversion. 